War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, folks, good afternoon. Right now, it is 106, and you're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Well, good afternoon, everybody. It's John DePietro on what is, as you just heard the forecast, it's actually a, a delightful day and, and also unsettled, uh, apparently, because I am, well, you just heard the forecast. Um, this portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. We also want to once again salute uh, Pee Wee, such a, a valued family member, member of the, the Kays family. I'm so glad. I'm so sorry I missed the celebration on Monday for him. Uh, but just everything I heard was just went down fantastic. But folks, as we, you just heard the forecast, I mean, tonight sounds like it's, it, it looks like it's just going to be a beautiful night. Tomorrow's a little shaky and then some rain is coming in for the weekend but the weather still uh, remains enjoyable but good right now 107 if you're on 146 or any, anywhere in northern Rhode island you could head over to the lodge pub and eatery 40 breakneck hill road in lincoln take the breakneck hill road exit sit out on that deck i was there not long ago sitting right on the deck had some delicious clam cakes and chowder delicious food lobster roll Everything on the menu is delicious. What I love about the Lodge is it's it's just consistently great. They have uh, terrific people there. The consistency with the staff pays off. It pays off big time. So they're waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. So we want to get you up to speed on some of the national news. Um, I'm seeing, I want to play this. Five arrested after the Bark Island Ferry Brawl faced the judge. So they were all in court. And I know I'm supposed to be interviewing one of them. Um, I have not heard this piece as of yet. By the way, we were in court this morning. The Matt Dennison case, terrible story. 18-year-old killed by a drunk driver. That's on the website, dipetro.com. Let me just hear this channel um, 12 piece. The judge today in South Kingstown, Trent Manning, Abdul Naji, and Devon Silver are facing disorderly conduct charges. Siobhan Town is facing a weapons charge, but police say he is not linked to the actual fight. But authorities who searched him found a knife on him. A right. fifth person, Cassandra Laurie, is charged with obstruction of a police officer and for the first time tonight is publicly sharing her side of the story. Oh. 12 News reporter Shino Shudo has that interview. She breaks it down what the defendant had to say. Gina? Well, Mike Cassandra was happy to talk to me to tell me her perspective of the night. She tells me she was in the wrong place at the wrong time when a ferry employee falsely accused her. Cassandra Laurie, one of the seven people facing charges in connection to that chaotic August 8th Block Island ferry ride, says police have it all wrong. I went there to network yes. and meet different people. Working in the entertainment That's scene, low. she says she was taking the opportunity to connect with musicians and DJs at Reggae Fest. On the way home from the island, Lori says she was on the top floor of the ferry when she first noticed trouble, eventually spotting someone with a cut on their face. I went down to the to the bottom floor because I was like, I want to be one of the first ones to get off this boat. That's when she says she was met with this. Authorities jumping on the boat. Then she tells us a ferry employee told police there was a knife on her. A one witness advised Sergeant Hemerald that he observed a male subject hand Miss Laurie a shank and that has stated that she threw the item overboard when the police um, boarded the vessel. Something she denies, stating police even searched her, eventually taking her away in cuffs. I'm an innocent bystander, just like everyone else, just like the guy that was walking off the boat right next to me. Why didn't they detain him? Lori has pled not guilty after being charged with obstructing a police officer, which she says stems from not being able to answer any questions that night. I couldn't tell them anything. I didn't have anything to tell them. Lori maintains she was nowhere near the fight and looks forward to proving her innocence in court. While the officer in court today says witnesses identified her as someone who was involved. Where is the proof? I have my own proof. 
Now, as you saw in our video, Lori was briefly cuffed in court today for being a bail violator, but obviously she was able to walk out and talk to us. She tells us she has another court date coming up in just a few weeks. Reporting live in Providence tonight, I'm Sheena Lushudo, 12 News. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. We were supposed to interview her tonight. We're going to find out what's what's happening in that. I do want to play. So this is the Channel 12 piece. I did see their reporter that was there uh, regarding the Matt Dennison. Um, we were there. Well, you know what? What am I, what, what am I talking about, Juan? You, you have your own. We, we were there. We don't have to play them. Um, let, me, let me pull that up instead. I think the audio should be okay. Um, boom, boom, boom. Okay, here we go. By the way, the kids that were there were really nice. Um, very, very nice children, friends, classmates. Here we go. Uh, let me play some of this audio. And we'll be there tomorrow. There's one. All right, here we go. What was it like seeing everyone here in Matt Militia's shirt filling the court? The support from day one has been tremendous. And looking around me now, I have nothing but love for all these people. They are here for us. They're here for our son. And it's tremendously important to us to see this show support. And we can't thank everybody enough for that. I noticed when he was walking out, you looked right at him. But he did not make eye contact. Did he make contact with He did not. I, I looked at him for 95% of the time he was in there. He would not look my way. Mm. I don't know if that's from his defense attorney. It probably is. But he has shown no remorse from day one. Not not a minute. I asked if he had a message for your families. He didn't say anything. He didn't look our way. He didn't say anything. Um, I think he completely avoided eye contact. Looked down when... He was walking past us. Of course, look how clear that is. It's exactly what we expected. It's what we expected, and those are the, the actions of a coward. How would you describe the support of the the Attorney General's office has been amazing. They've kept us in the loop from the first minute. You know, uh, about two months ago, we had a very difficult meeting in this building with his team and the state police when we went over the accident reconstruction. And, you know, I've asked them to be open and honest with us and not try to protect our feelings because if our son had to go through it, we had to know it. Oh. And they, they did that. They provided us with all the information that we were looking for. And while it was tremendously difficult to go through that meeting, at least we are in the know. And I feel like in some way that's a way to honor Matthew is to at least know everything he went through. Oh. And we can't forget Kevin. Kevin is a big part of this. Um, Kevin, step up. Yeah, it's not all about Matt. Kevin I is mean, the, obviously he our was son also in the car. He sub- survived it, but, but Kevin he's almost killed. Kevin, that's, that's the individual that forever changed your life and, and took the, the life of your best friend. What was going through your mind when, when you were sitting in that car? Uh, nothing really. I was just waiting for I was waiting for him to say whatever his plea was. There's nothing much going through my mind. What do you want to say? This is a tremendous gathering of Matt Militia's, the shirts that also say McDonald, Denison. Um, what, do you, what do you want to tell everyone that's come out to support you? Uh, same thing since since this all happened. Just thank you very much, and the support is, is unreal. You know, wearing these shirts today, do you hope this raises awareness for incidents like this? I know you guys have been pushing for state laws to change. Can you talk a little bit? Um, Absolutely. These shirts are my idea. Sure. I, I envisioned... Exactly this, this militia, this this girl of support for for Kevin and for Matt, um, and it's exactly what I wanted to say. Brenda, uh-huh. how was it the Passaretti's Olivia? Oh, a little bit. His army also came out to support. They are a family. Um, they they are a thousand percent with us as we are with them. I would expect nothing less from them. They're an amazing, beautiful family, and they're going to always be with us, and we should be with them as well when they go through their trials. So what's next for me? Make sure we are here every time that individual is in the courtroom, and he will feel our presence, and that's not going to go away.
Are you hoping justice is served for Matt? I'm hoping justice will be served, but the amount of justice will never be satisfactory to us. We lost our son, and nothing is going to bring him back. And it doesn't matter in the long run if he was given a life sentence. It wouldn't give us what we need. We have the rest of our lives to spend missing a big part of our family. Kevin, you, you said you, he said what you expected, but what did you want to hear from him? Well, I think, I think all of us around here would want him to plead guilty, but obviously it didn't happen that way, as we all know. So. And, and Mark, you, what about, I mean, you, I'll, I'll be quite honest. I wanted him to say not guilty, and I want him to take this to trial. I want him to put up a fight, because with the evidence that is present, I don't think he has a chance. I think any jury that looks at this evidence will see exactly what he's done, and I'm hoping that that's the route we take, and I'd rather see that than some sort of deal that gets him off a little, a little easier. The state has been looming with, with you guys, your family, um, but how is it it's finally arrived? Matt Malicious had a very powerful uh, gauntlet outside. Defendant had to walk through outside the courtroom. Um, you must at least feel everybody did turn out to support Matthew and you. Yeah, much like all the other events that we have, this is, um, this is tremendous. This feels good. It's progress. But at the end of the day, you know, we go home to a house that we're missing our son. And there's always a big letdown. There's always a huge letdown. And it's in the quiet times that we all have difficulty. And this is tremendous and this is wonderful. But eventually we get back to that place where we're just missing Matthew. You told me that each morning you go into his room and say good morning. Will you share with us what you said this morning? I did say good morning to Matthew. Um, I spent a few extra seconds in there. And I said, this is the day, buddy. This is the day where it starts. And we've got you. We've got your back here. And that was pretty much it. And when I visit him later on today at the cemetery, I'll have updates for him. And I'll, I'll speak to him as if he's with me. And then again tonight when I say goodnight to him in his room, we'll just, we'll just go over the day's events. A lot of people are asking how they can get these shirts. How can they get them? <laughs> Might as well use this as an opportunity. Um, well, the media here. I'm completely sold out of 350 of these wow. delicious shirts at this point in time. Um, more than I could have imagined. So I will be putting an order in for more shirts. Um, I do post it on my Facebook page, um, and people do share it. So, um... And the proceeds, 100% of it goes to the Matt Dennison Foundation. Every single penny goes to the foundation. Sold out 350. The original order was 100, and that lasted about an hour. And then we said, oh, no, we ordered yeah. 250 more. And then those went pretty quickly as well. Kevin, how does it feel having the hockey team out here to support you guys? It feels great. Uh, it's a family I've been having, and uh, having them out here and having anybody else that's part of the hockey team or not, just it's all part of family, especially wearing these shirts for Matthew. It feels amazing. I'm sure everybody else can agree with that as well. Matt's uh, sister, want to say anything? Um, I mean, I looked at the person that killed my brother, so uh -huh. just to see him and see that he has no remorse for anything kind of gets to me. But what about look around? We are surrounded by people wearing Matt's militia shirts. How does that feel? It's incredible. I can't thank anybody enough for showing their support and their love, and we really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank, thank you. you so much. All right, folks, again, that was um, earlier, and um, it, it's, just, it's just so brutal. It is just so terrible and brutal. And you wish that this was was not going on, um, that somehow something could be done to relieve that poor family. Um, but it can't, obviously. It cannot. And they, um, what they had to uh, deal with is, it, it's just, it's so, it's just so rough for the that and even though the, you know those high school kids
because that's what they are. I mean, they are real kids. And what they have to go through and be dealing with this and be in the courtroom and uh, it's just so horrible. And what I, I also mentioned, I hope people recognize that, you know, despite yesterday that I that I said that they, they would not have a problem with any politician showing up. And at least Senator Lou Raptakis showed up um, because the rest of them did not. I don't I don't understand. Um, I, I, I think Ashley Kalis, I don't know why she did not showed up people unless you know it could be that they really just feel that they'd be accused of politics and it's inappropriate but as i've said in the past and folks good afternoon at 122 you're listening to the john petro show on am 1380 and and 99.9 fm um what i have said in the past is just I, I don't I don't understand why someone seeking office right now doesn't make a bigger deal about the drunk driving problem that we have in the state. I mean, I don't get it. I really don't. Um, it, it is real, right? It is real. And it is a real problem. And, you know, people, people just can't pretend it's not or hide it. Or and and as I'm not going to break any new ground here, but as many people know, one of the problems with with drunk driving is a lot of people feel, you know, that it could have been them, that they've done it, that they, you know, managed to get home in one piece, um, you know that that is the problem. That will always be the problem. But what people are also missing, and I've talked about this a little bit, and I am going to move on to some of the other news of the day. But one of the things that I think is is missing from the discussion is just the fact that years ago, when there was drunk driver awareness, um, I mean, I think people can remember when you you had you know, that horrible tragedy out of Burrillville with, it was the high school kids. And every, hear me out, every every prom season, every graduation season, it was it was just terrible how you, we would watch and see in the news and, and, and young people who would lose their lives because of drinking and driving and going through the windshield. And think of the changes that have been made from airbags to mandatory seatbelts, so many cars it's automatic with the seatbelt, to younger people. Um, Everybody can't get an Uber, by the way. I know some people just say take an Uber. Look look what's going on with some of the Ubers, where women are being attacked by people posing as, as Uber drivers. So it's not always easy, as a matter of fact. It's not easy because, you know, how, how many people, right now it's 125. And if we, if we want to deal in reality, if we want to really deal in reality, um, people will say that there have been instances where they you went out and, and you weren't planning on staying and then it was last minute or you were having a good time and you you stayed longer than you thought and you had more drinks than you thought. I mean, it. I think it's common. Um, you also you you have people that I, I, again I think of someone like it was last minute, and you were going to stop for one drink and then go have dinner, and then it led to two, and three, and four, and I I just think that's one of the problems is. I'm not going to say it's a victimless crime, but if people were, you know, right now at 126, if I was to ask 
people that are listening right now on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM and ask, have you ever driven drunk? Because remember, it's also 0.08. So it's not as if you can't have any alcohol in your system. You're supposed to just know that you can't drink more than 0.08, which I believe it's no, for most people it's two drinks. But what else is different in 2022? You have a lot of people in medication. You have a lot of people that also, a lot of the edibles, um, they, there's, there's a lot going on these days as far as substance abuse. Um, and, and my point is, and also the, the, a lot of the people know in this particular situation, they're saying this guy had not only heavy alcohol, but he had cocaine in his system that he was going all out. But let me just bring it full circle here at 127. And that is that I think it's 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 very telling and it's sad that right now, you know, Governor McKee, he he tolerates. He's the governor. There's no talk about toughening drunk driving laws. Connecticut's one of the top 10 states against drunk driving. Arizona, if you Google, you know what? I'll do it right now while we're live on the air at 127. Um, I'm going to just type in toughest drunk driving states. And you type that in and Arizona's number one. And Alaska is number two. And uh, Utah, for, well, the Mormons, number three. Oklahoma, Florida. What states are the hardest on DUI? Arizona is number one. Strictest DUI laws. Florida is very tough. South Carolina is very tough. Oklahoma is very tough. Alaska. Now, the states with the worst DUI problem. There's a difference between the most drunk driving problems and, and who are, well, let me, who's, what states are the most lenient on DUI? South Dakota, for whatever reason. States with the most lenient. I know that Connecticut, I know because I looked this up, Connecticut is tough on it. Arizona is the strictest state for DUI. Longest minimum jail term, 10 days, first time offender. Vehicle impounded, 90 day Minimum jail time for second offense. Three months in prison. DUI, automatic felony. Third offense and an ignition interlock device is mandatory after one conviction. Arizona, toughest states. Alaska, Connecticut, I was right. West Virginia, Kansas, Nebraska, Utah, Virginia. So South Dakota is the least strict of all 50 states. The other lenient regions include D.C., Pennsylvania, North Dakota, Maryland, Montana, Wisconsin, Kentucky, and Rhode Island. Now, the, the real truth, the real truth, actually, I, I think Rhode Island is like 35th on the list. So not the toughest, certainly not, not the bottom. Connecticut is ranked seventh. Connecticut is ranked seventh. Um, and, and, and as I was saying this morning, what 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 is pathetic is if if the Rhode Island State House stay with me at one thirty if the Rhode Island State House if they wanted to in the blink of an eye they could just have Rhode Island mirror Connecticut in Connecticut operating a motor vehicle under the influence is a criminal offense may be prosecuted with or without direct evidence of a person's Blood alcohol content, the determining factor, is whether their ability to drive has been impaired. So, first offense, $500, $1,000 fine, up to one year in prison, 30 days mandatory minimum. So, is drunk driving a felony in Connecticut? Traditionally, a first DUI is not a felony. What constitutes a felony is penalty of more than two years. Therefore, a second DUI within 10 years is a felony as well as third and so forth. Is Connecticut a zero tolerance state? Uh, well, the, the blood alcohol limit is 0.2. Blood alcohol consumption limits in Connecticut. 
zero tolerance. Um, in, in Rhode Island, it's 0.08. Oh, okay, hold on. States of Connecticut, it's, it's, it's 0.08. It's 0.08. My point is, Rhode Island, in the blink of an eye, could be just as tough as Connecticut with drunk driving. And they just, they choose not to. But you look at John Harwood, former speaker, is, um, he's a drunk driver, you know, he helps, he'll defend a drunk driver. Bill Murphy, former speaker, drunk driver. Nick Mattiello, former speaker. Boy, there's a coincidence. Three former speakers of the House, all will represent drunk drivers. So, listen, I want to play, this is the Channel 10 piece just on the Matt Dennison situation. Good afternoon, I'm Katie Davis. One of those teens died, the other was seriously hurt. NBC 10's Katie Benoit is live at Washington County Court with the reaction from his family. Hi, Katie. Katie, dozens of family and friends involved in that crash were here today to show support. Now Matt's dad tells me this is a day he's been waiting for. A crowd wearing Matt's militia t-shirts in memory of 17-year-old Matthew Dennison outside Superior Court. I'm hoping justice will be served, but the amount of justice will never be satisfactory to us. We lost our son, and nothing is going to bring him back. The Westport teen tragically died after being injured in a crash earlier this year. His hockey teammate and friend, Kevin McDonald, was also seriously injured but survived. State prosecutors say 31-year-old Alexander Krajewski, a former Newport firefighter, was allegedly the driver who hit the two teens. He is facing a list of felony charges, the most serious driving under the influence of liquor or drugs, resulting in death. That man made a choice. This was not an accident. It was plain, the evidence is black and white, and that will all come out. Krajewski pleaded not guilty to the charges today at his arraignment. The Denison family says this is a step in the right direction, but the law still hurts. Both families say they're grateful for the support of the community who has rallied around them. Thank you very much, and the support is, is unreal. And they hope their display brings awareness to drunk driving and the pain the tragedy has caused. Visioned exactly this, this militia, this this scroll of support for, for Kevin and for Matt. Um, and it's exactly what I wanted to see. Now the suspect is out on $10,000 bail, and a condition of that bail is he cannot drive. Meanwhile, the Denison family says they're working with state leaders to try and pass tougher drunk driving laws. Live in Wakefield, Katie Benoit, NBC 10 News. You know what's interesting about that is the Channel 10 reporter was in a t-shirt. I haven't seen that before. I, I understand being a little casual. I mean, it wasn't that hot. I was up in a shirt with a collar on. Um, but whatever. I mean, good report, I suppose. <laughs> I guess. Um, folks, again, um, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of our program, what are you doing right now? Well, tomorrow we're going to talk to her. But right now, if you're on Menden Road, you're in luck. Because you could pop in and see Marie at It's My Health because it's your health. 1099 Mended Road in Cumberland. She is the queen of health. I'll give you some reasons to step in. She's the queen of health. Located in the historic white church across from Davenport Restaurant diagonally. It's my health. Vitamins, herbal remedies, local products. Over 250, over 250, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices purchased by the ounce plus box herbs and teas, hemp and CBD products. Um... It's my health because your health. And remember, those hemp and CBD products also can help out with pets tremendously. It's my health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Folks, as always, we have so many stories up. Original content and video, the return of Ladybug, also the uh, court video from this morning. It's all on petro.com and petro.com, which is brought to you by Brood Awakenings. Folks, discover the brew difference at Brood Awakenings. Three locations, Johnston, Cherry Hill, also Pontiac Avenue, Cranston, also Ball Hill Road in Warwick. Fresh ingredients, comfortable chairs, drive-through in Johnston, Johnston, and also in Warwick. 
Uh, David, they do such a good job. They're terrific. Discover the brew difference. Cozy environment, fresh ingredients, delicious food. You could pop in right now for lunch at Brewed Awakenings. So I want to play again right now at 138. Uh, Nelly Gorbea, the gloves have come off. And I think it's warranted, but she finally now has uh, gone after Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee, who's the subject right now on a, of an FBI probe. Now, there was also speculation that he didn't have COVID, that he was actually testifying in front of the grand jury this week. I think that's interesting. I have not heard that proven. But this is the new Nellie Gorbea television commercial targeting, targeting the governor who lived in Mata. Times have been tough lately for Rhode Island families. The questions of whether connections to the governor paved the way for a deal. McKee's cronies get insider deals at our expense. Governor McKee has returned us to the pay-to-play politics that hold us back. Rhode Island can be better. Nellie Gorbea will be a governor for us. We know her track record of making government work. And she has a plan to fix the housing crisis, invest in small businesses, and make child care and elder care more affordable. Nellie Gorbea, a governor for us. You know, I think it's an effective commercial. I do. Let's hear it again. Times have been tough lately for Rhode Island families. The questions of whether connections to the governor paved the way for a deal. And the FBI have now joined a criminal investigation into the deal. McKee's cronies get insider deals at our expense. Governor McKee has returned us to the pay-to-play politics that hold us back. Rhode Island can be better. Nellie Gorbea will be a governor for us. We know her track record of making government work. And she has a plan to fix the housing crisis, invest in small businesses, and make child care and elder care more affordable. Nellie Gorbea, a governor for us. You know, I think that is very powerful, uh, especially it's the first time we've heard about the FBI probe. Let's hear it again. Times have been tough lately for Rhode Island families. The questions of whether connections to the governor paved the way for a deal. And the FBI have now joined a criminal investigation into the deal. McKee's cronies get insider deals at our expense. Governor McKee has returned us to the pay-to-play politics that hold us back. Rhode Island can be better. Nellie Gorbea will be a governor for us. We know her track record of making government work. And she has a plan to fix the housing crisis, invest in small businesses, and make child care and elder care more affordable. Nellie Gorbea, a governor for us. Well, we're going to see that is um, the McKee people are flipping out about this uh, big time. Let's see. Let's see. In response to that, Nellie Gobea, new, oh, new surrogate. Democrats are better than this. It's time for this ad to come down. Did he replace Dan York as the uh, campaign spokesman? Is that true? Is this guy, um, Brendan Isaacs. Uh, It's time for this ad to come down. What is this from? In response to Parents United school mask mandate, Delta's more capable of defeating the immunity. Oh, okay. When when was that? From last... (laughs) I, I don't understand that whole thing. This guy is now campaign manager for Democrats, Brendan Isaacs. He's going after, you know, this is interesting that linking my, listen, people, no offense to Mike Stenhouse, people don't know who Mike Stenhouse is. So um, the idea that somehow by linking, by linking Nellie Gobey to Mike Stenhouse, I don't I don't, uh, I, I don't, <laughs> that's a little bit too inside. Listen, the FBI probe is the FBI probe. I want to play this. Legitimate questions about his, uh, this Letterman, um, excuse me, Fetterman is running in Dr. Oz. Let me hear this scene. Yeah, listen to this. This is a good piece. remain about Fetterman's health. From Erie to Pittsburgh. Steel workers! Pennsylvania's Democratic this candidate for Senate, John Fetterman, note. back on the campaign trail more than three months after suffering a stroke. If I'm your next senator to Washington, D.C., 
guess what? You're still going to have a senator that's going to be living across the street from your steel plants. Rallying members of the United Steelworkers Tuesday, Fetterman was on message, but often halting in his speech and occasionally dropped words mid-sentence. Being anti-union is anti-American. What? What is wrong with demanding for an easy, safe huh. kind of wow. their income, a what? path to a safe place for them to win? What? Or, excuse me, to, to work. Wow. declined to answer questions from CNN and other reporters at the event. Wow. Holy cow. Are you kidding me? Dr. Oz is going to beat him. Holy cow. My goodness. Let me pull that up. I'm not laughing. I know it's not funny, but the idea that this guy is healed... Um. And and he can't even get through a. He is definitely not okay. Uh, you know it's true. His stroke is fair game. It's he's running for the U.S. Senate. It absolutely is. We hear this. We will be able to stand. Hold on. Here we go. This huge guy, he always just wears a hoodie. So he wears like a hoodie and shorts. And, um, but he, this is what this is over where they're going after him saying he, he's never had, doesn't eat vegetables. This just broke out yesterday. Here we go. And one last thing. Oh, oh, real doctors against, they're going after Dr. Oz. He's not mocking him. Dr. Oz said, you know, the, the guy admittedly never eats vegetables and he, he also seemingly can't here we go I want to hear this he spoke less than five minutes do you think of the ten homes Dr. Oz has has a union hall across their home yeah. if you say you think the word of steel worker what oh. words come to your mind about the stroke but it is it is definitely fair game that this guy is trying to run for senate and he can't get i i don't take it that he's mocking him i don't take it that he's mocking him in any way the guy had a stroke for crying out loud it's i i think it's fair game i really do Dr. Raz, hey, why not? I mean, <laughs> I just, I'm actually stunned at, of him struggling through 
what what seemed to be just a very short campaign stop. So Oz ratchets up questions about his health. I think that's totally fair game. Fetterman leads heated Pennsylvania race against Oz. Biggest turn is the economy. Well, uh, that's true. That's true about the economy. But I, I don't think you, you can't ignore that. The, I mean, for crying out loud, the guy had a stroke. And he's this big, heavy set guy. And listen to the way he's talking. It leads me to believe he was much more impacted by the stroke than he initially, he and his campaign led on. So I, I, I absolutely think that's fair game. I mean, that's not going into um, how personal it is. And, and it's just his, his privacy of HIPAA and so forth. I mean, that guy, he's going for the Senate. So I, I think it I think it's totally fair game as a matter of fact. Um, but that is it's pretty striking to actually hear that. Let me see this other headline. The DOJ Smith's redacted affidavit used in the um, search at Mar-a-Lago. Um, folks that as we've said that story is not going away. I know people want it to go away, but it, it's, it's not going away. And I think I would put our assessment of, with Tim, uh, our legal expert attorney, Tim Dodd, discussing that up against anybody. DOJ redacted version of the affidavit, the judge weighing whether to make portions of it public. I, you know, I don't know enough about that. But I will say this, and right now, folks, at 148, and you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Here's what I believe. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes in Trump world. But if we want to be objective, I, I, I don't think, I don't think anyone would say, as Tim Dodd said, this seemingly, this isn't even the B team. This seems like the D team. I don't, what what exactly is happening that you have attorneys that don't even license to practice law in Florida? This is, this is very serious what he's going through. And you need whatever Whatever is the credible reason for for the president to have that many classified documents, whatever the the real reason is, I believe he would be very well served to have proper legal people <laughs> that would... Um, Argue that for him. And I don't see it as of yet. I I just don't. I don't see anything close as of yet, as a matter of fact. And I've been very vocal about that. And I think it's been fear. Um, wh- whatever that answer is. You know, I also wanted you to see this thing. Everyone talked about the great resignation, right? All these people, workers resigning. Apparently now, there was a piece on the Today Show. All these people are now regretting leaving their, their jobs, um, I want to just play this piece because I, you know, that that was like a thing. Everyone just started suddenly leaving their jobs, and then now a lot of people are saying maybe that wasn't such a good idea. Some people quit their jobs are now regretting it. Let me just we heard all about hear the this. Resignation. We talked a lot about that right here on the third hour during the pandemic. People quitting their jobs, just wanting to live their lives. Well, now millions of people are ready to go back, and now we're getting a sense that a lot of them are feeling. Some resignation regret, yeah. if you will. NBC's Gotti Schwartz is live for us. So, Gotti, this all has to do with this new survey that may give pause to anyone thinking about changing jobs. What did it find? 
Uh, yeah, guys, well, this first stat is not surprising at all. I found that most people looking for a new job are optimistic about making more money by switching. But when it comes to people who have already quit, according to this study, a little more than one in four now regret that decision. Still, some are looking for work. And of the people that did move on to find another job after quitting, about 42% say that job is just not living up to their expectations. And, and Scotty, you know we love to nickname things around here. It's called boomeranging, and yeah. they're the boomerangers. So break that down for us. Boomerangers, yeah. Those are those employees that quit, then went somewhere else, then either had huge regrets and came back to their old jobs, or the old employer just couldn't live without them, called them up, offered them more money, better benefits. Uh, very much one of those, uh, we just needed some time apart to really appreciate <laughs> exactly, those kind exactly. of situations. Uh, that number's growing. Right now, that's about one-third of all new hires. When you're in your story earlier, there was a woman who said, and it stayed with me, uh, a lot of folks thought the grass was greener, and then you realize it's, it's all just grass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Grass just grass. <laughs> if you do find yourself, Dottie, at a new job that's not reaching your expectations, what, what can you do? What should you do? Well, to keep the most options open, first, you probably want to make sure you don't burn bridges just in yeah. case you do need to boomerang. Uh, it's, it's also good to start sharing your concerns with your employers to see if they can maybe fix the situation. It's always good to always be networking. And finally, I know it feels awkward, but reaching out to an old employer and telling them uh, that you might be interested in coming back. It's something that happens a lot more often than people think. It's something that employers are used to hearing. So if sometimes you can find yourself with a better job, better pay, and exactly. just a, a little more appreciation. Sometimes mm. Folks, good afternoon. Right now it's 152 and you're listening on this uh, actually very nice Thursday. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program, folks, again, visit the website, dePietro.com. But this portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Brickneck Hill Road in Lincoln. They're waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery. I want to play this this whole business of the figurine and the loans. I don't, um, I, I'm not, I, I, th- this is wrong for everyone that saved Everyone that paid, people that worked their way through college. Um, the Wall Street Journal says it is just, th- this is a joke. But I, I want to play that. And also, this is a joke. California regulators, they're going to vote today. It would ban the sale of gasoline-powered cars in the entire state. I mean, that is ridiculous. regulators are set to vote today on a new groundbreaking rule that will ultimately ban the sale of gasoline-powered cars in the entire state. That plan, which is expected to pass, would require all new passenger cars, trucks, and SUVs to be zero emission vehicles by the year 2035. And the sale of used gas-powered cars would still be allowed. Experts say the proposal will likely cause a ripple effect that doesn't... That, 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 I, I think that is just ridiculous. I do. But they have no one to... No one to... California, I mean, they have absolutely been hijacked. The state has suffered that way. Um... Uh, but this this loan forgiveness, let me just play this, the people celebrating it. Yeah, it was surely a big topic of conversation at breakfast tables and on college campuses from coast to coast. President Biden's decision to forgive up to $20,000 in student loans for millions of borrowers. Of course, many are celebrating that move, but for others, there are feelings of resentment, also some concern that it could drive inflation even higher. NBC's Tom Costello joins us to break it all, do- all down. Tom, good morning. Craig, good morning. 43 million Americans are carrying student debt, the average amount $36,000. President Biden's decision means taxpayers will now pick up a big chunk of that. And a lot of people simply don't like that idea at all. President Biden fulfilling a campaign promise, cutting American student loan debt. It focuses the benefit on middle class and working families. But he's also stirred up a hornet's nest of backlash. I just feel it's a little slap in the face um, to those who work hard to pay it off. And from Republicans who say it unfairly benefits Americans who choose to go to college while ignoring those who don't, like truckers, plumbers, welders, and retail workers. A lot of Americans choose not to go to college. Uh, And then there are those Americans who borrowed money to pay for school and paid it back. In what way is it fair 
to those taxpayers. Many also argue the president exceeded his authority by unilaterally slashing federal student loans. The plan affects 43 million Americans, forgiving loan debt of up to $10,000 each for those earning less than $125,000. 27 million Americans who received need-based Pell Grants will get an additional $10,000 in loan forgiveness. All of it a big relief for Chrissy Connors, who has roughly $40,000 in student debt. It just doesn't feel achievable to pay down. The 10000 debt relief, for me, it's not just like a financial lift, it's even like a, a mental lift. President Biden has been under pressure from his own party to forgive as much as $50,000 in debt, with lower and middle income Americans struggling the most to afford higher ed. It's definitely a step, but I just think more is needed. The average household with student debt owes nearly $59,000. 42% of those who go to college pay back loans over five years. Loan specialists recommend using the freed up money now to lay a sound financial foundation. Maybe pay down higher interest debt like credit card debt using the money you've been saving. Meanwhile, the loan repayment plan, which has been on hold during the pandemic, will remain on hold through the end of the year. It resumes again in January. Listen, a lot of people here very concerned. Economists warning, this could be inflationary. It's essentially a $300 billion charge to taxpayers, a lot of money going back into allegedly consumers pockets and a lot of concern that the president doesn't have the authority to do this recently even the speaker of the house nancy pelosi said the president can't unilaterally make this kind of decision so a lot of loose ends this morning a lot of concern you know i i don't like any of it and not listen uh, listen we are of course we're overtaxed good afternoon everybody 157 of course we're overtaxed and i i, I fully get the whole thing with cost of college and everything but that that that's just that's just not fair i'll I'll also say i was very surprised that like governor desantis the governor of florida who a lot of people are already talking about for you know 2024 and i i'm not i mean listen like everyone else i i I like what he has done in Florida. I do. But I'm not convinced. It could come with a little more, but I I just don't know how polished he is. I'm going to give you a good example. Listen to, this is him yesterday. Um, Unfair to have a truck drive. I have to pay back a loan that somebody got. There's, he rips into the student loans. He does say it's not right, but I, I didn't like this part where he's like, he's calling people suckers. Somebody that got like a PhD in gender studies. That's not fair. That's not, not right. I mean, I like that he speaks out. Don't get me wrong. But this business where he was saying, you know, you're, how does it feel to be a sucker? I, I, don't, I don't think you should address the people that way. I don't. I think. Um, I I think that that there's better ways to frame it. That it's just that it's unfair, folks. It's one fifty nine. Again, you've been listening to the John DePietro Show on AM thirteen eighty ninety nine point nine FM. Now I will be doing Facebook Live late. If you haven't seen it, it was a terrible incident in Oakland Beach the other night. We had that video up. We were outside the courthouse today for the uh, Matt Dennison terrible situation where the drunk driver was an alleged drunk driver, excuse me, in court. Uh, we're going to be back on the radio tomorrow at 11. Stay tuned for the 2 o'clock news, and then as always, visit the website. WNRI, Winsocket.